Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and today I'm super pumped to have Jamie Cabe from the Forgotten Initiative with us. Thank you so much, Jamie, for being here. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about just how you got started being involved with foster care. Okay. So I would say that awareness led me to action. I mean, that's really at the end of the day. We were trying to adopt from the United States after God had opened our eyes to adoption previously and adoption just, it wasn't working. It wasn't happening. And I think through that experience, God taught me a lot. He taught me it's not about me. He taught me that he always has a plan, even in the waiting and when it's hard. And he taught me about foster care. Um, He opened our eyes to this world called foster care. I would say that was back in November of 2009. Mm -hmm. That is when I can say my eyes were opened. Before then, I know we had heard about foster care, but we didn't know anything really. And it, it just wasn't a conversation or a thought. But after we had gone through this season of waiting, of trying to adapt, we, we started to learn about foster care and realize that not there are actually kids who are waiting for families. And as a family who was waiting for a child, it really hit home that, wait a second, if there's not as much of a need for our family to be an adoptive family, maybe, maybe we can be a temporary family for a time. And so it was like God taught us it's not so much about bringing a child into our family. It's more about bringing our family to a child. Mm-hmm. And so that's what kind of prompted us to take action in as actual foster parents. I love that. Oh, that's so good. That's such a good way of putting it. Just that if there's a need and we have this desire, how could we kind of put those two things together and see what God has for us in a different way? That's amazing. So initially, what was your foster care experience? Like once you decided, I think this is something that we're going to explore that God wants us to do. How did those first steps look for you? For us, we entered it a little bit differently than some because we had entered it to adopt. And so we had entered the domestic adoption realm first. So we had already had a home study. We had an agency. Once we kind of learned about kids who are waiting, we actually explored waiting children um, website and actually found three children that were siblings that we felt drawn to. And we actually pursued them and asked about them. And found out that in order to become foster parents, we had to take classes. And so really, it was those three kids that that pushed us into taking classes. And while we were taking classes, nothing was progressing with those three. It just, God was closing that door. But God opened our eyes in the classes to this world of foster care, to foster, to return home. So like with these kids, it was like foster to adopt. And he opened our eyes to foster, to love a child for a time. And come alongside a family with the hopes of that family being restored. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we were all into whatever God had for us. And it was just shortly, I think a day or two after our classes ended, because again, we had already had some of that other paperwork done that we got a call about two little boys who needed a home. And we were very excited to welcome them in. They were three years old and seven months old at the time. 
So that was that. And we had three other kids. So that took us to five. And then it was shortly thereafter, we found out they had a sister who was two. And about five months after the boys came into our home, their sister also needed a, a home. And so we ended up going from three to six in a span of five and a half months. <laughs> so that is when everything started to kind of go crazy. And I started to not feel like myself and started to feel a lot of overwhelm and anxiety and fear and just to realize I was depressed. Mm. And so just going into like realizing all of this all coming at me at once took me down <laughs> really in a lot of ways, but was able to go to the doctor and get some help. And as time went on, and as in, you start to learn how to navigate a big family, you know, the the journey of life and foster care and just living your life for Jesus is is up and down, right? I think mm -hmm. journey, no matter what, whether you're living for Jesus or not, but when you're stepping out and doing things that are, that are not normal, it does take a toll and yet it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it doesn't mean you just let yourself like just fall apart, but you, it means you figure out, okay, something's not working. So what do I have to adjust? Mm -hmm. And, um, so we've had to make those adjustments and that's just a, a part of life. I'm in another season where we actually just recently added another child into our, our lives. And we're having to figure out again, how to adjust and it's not easy, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. I love the way that you just said that because it's so true. And I think that it would be, we would be remiss to tell like prospective foster families like, oh yeah, it's so great. It's so awesome. Yes, it is so great and so awesome, but it's also really difficult. And especially what you said too, about this is not a normal thing to do. Most yeah. people are not fostering. So even just the feeling isolated sometimes, definitely. so yep. it's very difficult, but I'm so thankful that you shared and thank you for being vulnerable about that struggle. It's absolutely something that I think we as just women and Christians and foster moms mm -hmm. in general need to be more vocal about that. It's okay. If you're yeah. struggling, there's stuff that you can do to help. Yes. Yes. That's and it take, it looks different in different seasons. Sometimes it means saying no to things that you've been saying yes to. Sometimes it means getting on medication. Sometimes it means adjusting your sleep schedule. I mean, it, sometimes it means going to counseling. Sometimes it's a lot of the above. And I think it's just a matter of the fact that we're all, we're weak, mm -hmm. but when we're weak, he is strong and it doesn't, our weakness doesn't make it so that we can't do his work. It just actually brings, it's just, it's just what it is. We're just weak people. We're mm -hmm. limited, fallible people, um, but we serve a limitless God, infallible mm -hmm. God, holy God, all knowing God, you know? And so I've just learned along this journey and am continuing to learn my weakness does not say that I can't do it. My weakness says, well, it does say I can't do it, but it doesn't say I shouldn't do it because mm, yep. I need to ask God to help me and let I love him, lean on him. How did your, how has your faith grown um, personally on this journey? Mm. How, I mean, you've had so many twists and turns, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah. How has your faith progressed through this? Oh man. Uh, my faith has grown so very much. My relationship with the Lord, he's become my first. Mm my everything. Um, I have learned to lean on him. I've learned and learning that he is good, even when really hard, bad things happen inside your own family or around you. I've learned that he can be trusted. I've learned that he is such a sweet friend. Mm. I just, I have seen him work in ways beyond what I could have ever imagined. 
I, I fear less, even though sometimes I fear I struggle with fear, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I still, I have a, I know that he's going to come through. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. And I think too, just being able to trust that, like you said, what we see isn't always the whole picture, right? God is in control. He's over all of it. Right. It isn't. Mm, I love that so much. So tell me a little bit about the forgotten initiative. What is that? And what made you decide to do this thing? (laughs) Awareness leads to action once again. And I say that that's something we say a lot at TFI, but um, it was back in that journey when, when God was opening our eyes to foster care before the kids joined our family, we had been in about a almost two year journey of waiting. And so in that period of waiting, you know, there's a passion that develops in your heart to do something. Um, And I, I think that was a big part of what God was doing too, I think, because when I then found out about this foster care community and was starting to think about how our family could get involved. I was also seeing how, oh my goodness, so many people don't know about these kids, about these families, about these caseworkers, about the biological parents. Like they don't know about this community. I mean, I didn't. And so I'm guessing so many people don't know. And it just seemed to be such an underserved population. And so I remember just going into our local state foster care agency, DCFS here in Illinois, where I'm Mm -hmm. from. And asking, where do the kids come? Where do they go? Like, help me understand what happens here. I just, I want to know more. And so they showed me into visit rooms where kids will visit with their parents or they might have to wait when they come. And I was just so sad because the rooms were just institutional feeling. I mean, it wasn't, and not because the workers didn't care. It was because they didn't have time to focus on that. And so I just asked them, is there something we can do about this? Can we create beautiful spaces here? Can we make this feel more like a welcoming environment for these kids so that when they come, they can see and feel that someone was thinking of them? Mm -hmm. And so they allowed me to recruit family and friends and just to put together this makeover, extreme home makeover, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we just brought people in and painted and brought in new toys and new furniture and just really recreated spaces so that not only would the kids know, but it turned out that the workers also realized that they were not in this alone and that they had people who cared about them in their community. And so it was just kind of some different projects like that. As I would just, we'd do a project and we'd see the impact. And then I would say, okay, I got to learn more. Like I need to know more. And so we talked to workers and I'd hear another need and we'd do another project and we'd see the impact. And and that's really what created the Forgotten Initiative. And at that time, that was just happening in my hometown of Bloomington. But I was blogging in that that time, and people were reading the blog and just saying, okay, I want to do that in my community too. And so slowly over time, I mean, I said, okay, we can do it together. I don't really know what I'm doing, but you can, we can just do this together. And so slowly over time, um, people have joined with us. And so as more people have joined, we as the ministry have realized, okay, we need to support these people. And so the local focus in Bloomington now belongs to somebody else. And so I am leading our team to really help people launch and lead thriving foster care ministries all over the United States. And I think we're in uh, around 38 communities right now. And so that is really, as our national team, that is our singular focus, is to help you, um, anyone listening, to launch and lead thriving foster care ministries so that people everywhere will support the foster care community and experience Jesus together. Mm -hmm. Because we believe when the church gets involved and becomes the hands and feet to the foster care community, 
both communities are going to experience more of Jesus. And that's mm -hmm. what it's all about. We just want more people to experience Jesus. So mm -hmm. our ministry leaders, they're called advocates. And their job is just to connect to the church, to the foster care community. Wow. I could not love that more. I am literally just like <laughs> getting chills listening to you because I remember going into the DCF office in our area when we first started fostering our son mm -hmm. a couple years ago. And he was like a six month old baby. It was my first mm -hmm. time fostering. Yeah. And I walked in and it felt so, like you said, sterile, cold, institutionalized. Mm -hmm. I felt very like sad and it was depressing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I heard a sibling pair come in and I was just sitting in the waiting room waiting for my son to be done visiting. And I heard these two little boys come in. One was like maybe 11 and the other one was like eight. And they said, they were just talking and they're like, what are we doing here? And the older one was like, you're in foster care now. Like, this is where we're going to see. And I was just like, the whole wow. place was just like devastating darkness, you know, like it was just so bad. So just the fact that you saw that need and we're like, let's just start with what we can do quickly right now today in our community. Yeah. And now look what it's grown into and how God has blessed it. That is such yeah. an encouragement. It Ugh. is. And it's an encouragement to me too, because I did have a sense that this needed to grow. Um, just because I, again, it was like, if, if my community doesn't know, I bet you there's so many communities who don't know. I bet so many people could use this, but I didn't have a strategic plan. I did not have a five-year vision. I did not have any sort of how this would do, but all I've done, and I just continue to do is hold my hands open to God and say, you lead and we will follow. And he has brought the right people. And our team has shifted. We just celebrated 10 years of ministry this year, Gosh, which is congrats. so awesome. This this month um, of April, as we're recording, and he has brought, we've had different teams over, over the years. You know, there is ebb and flow and there is shift, but he has brought the right people at the right time for the right season. And I just couldn't be any more grateful. Wow. Well, I couldn't be more grateful that just to know <laughs> that there's people like you that just take one step at a time and, mm. you know, ask God for that wisdom to lead you and that look what he's doing. It's amazing. Yeah. Everyone I think who's been in the foster care game for any length of time knows, has probably heard of the, mm. the Forgotten Initiative and it's just such a cool organization and ministry. So Thank how can you. people connect with you um, and the Forgotten Initiative online? Sure. Well, I am on Instagram, just Jamie Cabe on Facebook, Jamie Cabe. Um, and Forgotten Initiative, we're definitely there. Um, we're going to bring you resources and support every single day. Um, so that is on Instagram and on Facebook. Just look us up. Look up the Forgotten Initiative. We're also now on YouTube. Ooh. So our podcast now is a video podcast also. And so we've been recording those last few episodes by video. So that's fun. And you can find us on the website at theforgotteninitiative.org. We also have a children's book series. So if you haven't heard Ooh. of that yet, that's called the Who Loves series. Just go to the website and click on resources. You can find all kinds of good stuff there. We are here for you. We're here to help people navigate this world, but we want to support you and we want to help you support others. Mm, that is such a beautiful mission. So what, just as we wrap up, what is one encouragement that you would give to someone who is listening to this and is maybe like, this is kind of tugging on my heart. I don't know if foster care is for me or not. What, what would you say to yeah. them? Yeah. Well, I would first say that if you're available to explore, then I would take the next step. And that might simply be calling an agency in your town and saying, I don't know if this is the next step for me. I want to learn a little more and they can enroll you in classes or they can give you a little information. Take the next step. Foster care is, is gospel work. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a wrong choice to explore. And God is big enough to close the door if 
if it's not what he wants for you right now. But I, I feel like if God has given you any sort of interest or curiosity, mm. just take the next step and just keep taking the next step and live with your hands like this and know that it's not going to look the way you think, <laughs> but that's okay. And yeah. that's good. That's great. And I think that's a huge concern for a lot of people. It's like, I, you know, we like control. We like to know what's coming next yes. and foster care yes. obviously <laughs> sweeps that right out the door as soon as we yes. start fostering, but just to know that there are supportive people and agencies like yourself and the forgotten initiative is just yeah. an encouragement. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for being a yes. guest and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety-reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com.